is London Calling. Here is the last news bulletin for today. The time through which we are now passing is of exceptional character. Hello everybody and welcome to Full Reptile Radio. Audio only this week because the Raptors have gone and abandoned us. And um, that needs to be right in front of you. Okay, so let me move my yeah, mic. Is that better? There we go. There you go. We've better? had to set everything up ourselves this week. I'm exhausted. The have gone and left. They've gone to, uh, well, they're on the way to New Jersey for the, the fights this weekend. So we'll come on to that in a bit. But all good? Yeah, man. How are you? Beautiful. Beautiful. Lovely day. The weekend was shit. Well, let's talk about floods. It was really, oh, dude, the gym downstairs. Dude. We were lucky because, yeah, so the gym downstairs below Hardy Warled was just like filled with water. It was ridiculous. But then upstairs was fine. So I don't know how we dodged that bullet, but we did. But I just stayed in all weekend. Mate. Well, we went out. Where did we go? We had to go out because we had the girls. So we ended up going. I went on a stag do on Saturday. Oh, did you? Oh, man. Yeah, it was. I, I, I was driving. So the thing is, I've got this wheat allergy now that I'm dead conscious. Well, you've always had it. I've always had it, but I've just ignored it. <laughs> and when I'm around you lot, it's, it's just seems like people take way too good care of their body that I'm like shoving turkey twizzlers in my mouth. So I made a point last week, let's not eat wheat. And I haven't, I haven't touched it, but my fucking skin is the worst it's ever been. So yeah. I don't know if it's partly the weather and all the rest of it. So they were going out drinking, which obviously contains wheat, mm-hmm. and also going to Red's barbecue, which even if it's just meat whatever rub or sauce it's got fucking wheat in it so I made a point of like look I'll come with you and we went to this thing called Off Limits Ben come here apologies Ben's just whining to be picked up <laughs> uh, the table's too high for a minute really fucking sausage right come here so we went to Off Limits right and it pissed it down oh did it and it's buggies and trucks and just shit but it was really good if anyone ever it's near Ikea near us so Giltbrook Way okay. so Junction 26, 26. Mm-hmm. well worth a visit we basically there was this one buggy that had two engines no pedals or steering wheel so you sit next to each mm-hmm. other and one of you does one wheel the other does the other wheel and you're just doing donuts and shit which that was cool nice these micro buggies which was like a upturned washing basket with an engine in it right that you'd crouch over and just fucking fly around <laughs> which there was eight of us and we only did ten laps of the smallest track <laughs> couldn't walk afterwards because you, you're so you're all cramped up and oh so that was good we did kind of good it wasn't hot then really yeah for real but it was very muddy and shitty so yeah. we did that Saturday and then Sunday we went roller skating which oh, I'll tell you? you about later yeah <laughs> yeah. I can imagine you doing like a like a gold member dance as you go around the this is it. For some disco. In my head. Did you have your leg up against your head? Yeah, yeah. Doing, just doing just rolling, just spinning around. <laughs> you know, I've spoke to you about this before, and I've heard it on Joe Rogan before, where he's in a playground waiting to collect his kids. He'll gravitate to certain people. Uh-huh. Like the guy with the neck tattoo, you're probably going to get on with. And we went, basically, it's a place called Roller World, and it was the biggest dive when I was a kid, and that's fucking a long time ago. So now it's still in Derby, still doing the same thing, and it's literally not changed. There used to be one of those in Nottingham. Yeah. I remember going to it, but that was that was so much of a dive that it didn't make it to the 21st century. Oh, mate, this is smashing. And the, and the branding is now that old, it's cool again. Right. Do you know what I mean? And they used to have a, they used to have a, a roller boot that drove around Derby. 
Oh, I remember seeing that. Yeah, it's quite, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's quite famous. A massive roller skate. Yeah, just yeah, a big yeah. black one. Uh-huh. So that was cool. And like the kids had been recently and they said, oh, we want to go there. So we're like, fuck it. All right. So like we took the girls and set them off. Mm-hmm. But they... You had to dust off your old roller skates, did you? This is your it. old Bowers. This is it. Well, Stace, down your socks. Stace is all about it. She used to go every week. <laughs> and she's she's fucking brilliant at skating. And she had Bowers and she had the fucking beer towel and all the rest of that shit. Right. So, so this was her ground. And she was reminding me, she says, you normally walk into a situation and your confidence will get you through it. And you somehow, somehow come out of things looking relatively cool. You never seem to make yourself look a fool. And I was like, okay, sure. Skating is not one of them. You look like a fucking idiot. <laughs> and I was like, what do you mean? She went, and she's like mimicking me and oh, you're fucking Mr. Jerky. But this is going back to gravitating to people. Like we walked in and the girl behind the counter had an undercut shaved head with patterns in it with like a top knot, real random sporadic tattoos. Mm-hmm. And she was just fucking cool. Yeah. And then next minute she put her skates on and literally... Like, every part of me just wanted to be able to skate like that. <laughs> like, she was spinning around on her toes and just yeah. fucking flat. But taking everything in and, like, avoiding people, not running over kids and just being, like, ultra cool. Yeah. It doesn't transfer to any other business, any other job, any Nothing other part of her life. No. Nope. But she's got skating nailed. Yeah. And, man, it's just, it, it just makes me think the amount of times I see certain people and I think, I mm. need to fucking know you. It's one of those many non-transferable skills that is just... You could spend hours and hours learning it and it's no use to anybody else. No. It's like not like an instrument where somebody no. else... Like someone can watch you and be impressed, but that that's finite. That runs out real quick. Yeah. You know, it's like I posted that video with the nunchaku the other day and I realised that. Like I haven't, I haven't played with them for years yeah. because there's no point in playing with them. No, no. <laughs> other than, you know... I mean, Knocking I, I yourself want, out. Yeah, I just wanted something to do a, a, a different kind of shoulder warm-up and they've been laying around the gym for a while. So I thought, well, I'd tape them up Damn thing snapped after 40 minutes, so I had to go back to the wooden ones. Um, Sli- slightly funny, more dangerous. Well, yeah, slightly more. It was funny, though, because the Raptors came over yesterday. Um, we were getting them ready for their trip, you know, a bunch of new equipment and stuff. They're all kitted out and ready for uh, ready for two weeks on the road. For NYC. Uh, two weeks, three weeks. It's almost yeah. three weeks, isn't it? Lucky boys. Yeah, very lucky. East Coast and West Coast nice. on the same trip. They're going to come back with one blue bandana, one red bandana. <laughs> a bit of confusion in the middle. Definitely, yeah. Um, yeah, so when when I came over, because I had a, I had a bunch of weapons bags out and stuff, because I was digging out the, the nunchak and uh, I had them all out, all my swords and everything. And I have a, a three sectional staff, and you probably know what one of those is from yeah. the old school kung fu movies. But people that don't, it's a it's basically a, a bow staff which is six foot long, but it's it's separated into three pieces and this chain like 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 nunchak in between, you know, like what like four four or six yeah. inches worth of chain. Yeah. They're incredibly difficult to use. I can't even begin it's to explain. It's a momentum explain. thing, yeah. Oh, it's, and it's, and, and it's, it's not only momentum, it's confidence. It's, yeah. like, it's like going into a jump on ice skates. Yeah. Like, you've, just, you've got to commit to it, otherwise you're going to definitely fuck it up. Yeah, yeah. And I have, a, I have a horrible memory, because, because they're such a rare weapon anyway. Most people don't, don't have them, don't need them, don't want them. They soon so, realise they can't do it. Well, there's no market for them. No. So when I decided I wanted one of every weapon that has ever existed in every Kung Fu movie ever, and a three-sectional staff was one of those things, uh, I managed to find a shop down in London that sold them, but they only sold the real ones, the wooden ones, which is all I had to practice with. And I have a memory of being out on the field, like the playing fields across the road from my parents' house, trying to do this thing that I'd seen a Shaolin monk do, where they go side to side with the bottom part, and then they spin the top part above their head, like a propeller. Yeah. And I... 
I woke up in the grass with my face in the grass, covered in like moisture and dew. Like I had no idea what had happened. Nah. Cracked myself around the side of the head with it. Yeah. But then I found a padded one, which was cool. But then, then the weight's all different. Yeah, same so as the, the same, same as the the, the foam nunchaku. Like the foam ones are super quick, and then you get the wooden ones, and you got to slow it right down so you don't murder yourself. Yeah. You know. Well, I had a friend that he swallowed half a dozen of Bruce Lee's books when we left college. <laughs> he got a flat in like the dodgiest part of Derby, and he was. Um, he was so into Kung Fu and stuff like that constantly. That's all he did. He just, he just consumed it. And he started out with the foam nunchucks and he was flying, absolutely flying. Then slowly upgraded to the wooden ones because there was like different weights in the wooden ones as well and plastic and all yep. the rest of it. And he got to these wooden ones and he got really, really good. But then the string snapped, the actual mm-hmm. string that was between the wooden ones because mm-hmm. it was a... I don't, know, I don't know where he got them from, but they were not the best, but they were good for what he got used to. So when he replaced the string, I think he'd done it slightly different length. Yeah. Like the smallest of margin. And that fucks everything up. And we found him like <laughs> a day later. We didn't come out. So we went around to his flat, kicked the door down, and he's just lying there. Oh, no. And he'd just been sparked and was just out. We don't know how long it had been. It might have been a couple of hours or whatever. But we found him. It was like, what happened? He was like, the string was too long. Yeah. It's I think dangerous. I hit myself. It's like, like I've got five or six sets, and they've all got different chain. And the shorter the chain, the easier they are to use. I find. Yeah. Somebody, somebody, uh, somebody tagged a guy on um, on the video post, and they they tagged a, another guy that uses nunchaker really well, and uh, he's a, he's really good. He is very good. The one thing I did notice though is he's he's got a really really short chain. He he does double spins on everything, so it looks even more fancy. Yeah. And he's got like chrome chrome uh, poles on it, so it just so it looks nice. flash. Yeah. And almost everything is just one arm. It's just right arm. Okay. Like he'll pass it with his left, but then he goes straight back to his right and does all the spinning with that one. And I've always been, I want to be able to do both. And like just watching those videos back, all the best stuff out of the, because obviously, you know, I was playing with him for like an hour. Yeah. So, and I only posted a 60 second video. So there was a lot of shit. Yeah. There was a lot of me. Ah, fuck. Like (laughs) fetching them from across the gym. I tend to let go of them when I'm trying to switch hands. Um, or like bounce them off my fingertips that's something else how much does that hurt oh. so when you, you know the first time you did it with a basketball oh, oh, bouncing yeah. a basketball and yeah. your fingers straining it just goes boop, you know arr, yeah arr, I'm gonna be sick yeah yeah it feels weird awful feels weird anyway did you watch the fights I did watch the fights well I stayed up last night I, I caught up on the main card but I also managed to catch uh, Saruki oh no that was the main card um, well tell me about the main card then what did you think of the main event I know I was going to say uh, Figueredo and Pantoja. Yes. Wow. Yeah, that was a good fight. If you didn't watch it, go back. It was a great fight. Yeah, actually, <laughs> I think I tweeted after the first round. This is this fight's already awesome. Yeah, Pantoja, uh, he's been one of my favourites to watch for a while in that division. He fought Neil Siri, I think, yeah, in yeah. Glasgow. And he's just he's just very, very slick. Everything he does, he's very slick. But he's got like a... There's a calmness to his style, almost like he knows the fight's going to work out. Yeah. And then sometimes it starts to get away from him. And then when it gets away, yeah. he starts to get a bit reckless. Yeah. And Figueredo like started the fight with like this just evil confidence. Yeah. And yeah. then out calmed him. Uh-huh. That's what I it was almost that, like you're saying, when you when you've got Pantoja normally and that's such a zen like it's like a it's like a dance. Yeah. Almost everything's just coming to a point where he's just meeting and everything's good. Whereas Figueredo almost took that and was like, Yeah. I'm gonna like beat you with your own stuff. And he just seemed so relaxed. Like the distance he was keeping with one hand out, his stance, everything mm. was insane. But the elbows he was catching him with oh, and stuff, man. it seemed like 
and like stepping in with confidence and hitting an elbow and staying in and then hitting another elbow. Yeah. Just, yeah. yeah. And that was, what was that, rank three, rank four? Yeah. So like they must have at they're, least they're, switched, yeah, switched they're positions. Up they're up yeah. there, both of them are very good. Another, and, and like, like Rogan said when he got in the, uh, in the octagon, an argument for the flyweight division. I mean, that I want to see them both fight again. Oh, like, for real? And I, I just... I just think Panto. I mean, Pantoja is going to get a, going to have a good realization from this fight that sometimes yeah. he needs to be the aggressor. Yeah, like his style's good if he's got someone that gives him the space to, you know, flow. Yeah, to flow. Yeah, but Figueredo didn't. Well, you almost need your opponent to second guess a little bit. Yes, you almost need not. Hot, not yeah, hold off because of yeah. the presence that you've got. Exactly, he didn't have that with Figueredo. No, because that, that was the thing that Anderson Silva always employed. Mm. It was always fear first. Same as Ronda to a degree. Yeah. There was that fear first. But it was a, it was a wicked fight. So if you haven't, if you only managed to catch the main, that's that's a wicked fight. Mm. I know. Oh, and Gillian Robertson as well. You, you've not seen that one, have you? Against yeah. Sarah Froton. No, I didn't. No. That was that was really good. She's she's just becoming one of the strongest flyweights in that division very fast. Like the the way that she controls people on the ground. And Sarah Froton is a good black belt. Um, and Gillian Robertson just her her grappling for MMA is almost seems like it's on a different level. Now. Yeah. Like takes people down, controls them. Her top game is so heavy. And the, the, the shots that she was landing from the top position were, I mean, just f- meaningful. Yeah. She knew exactly what she was doing. And then as soon as the fight's over, she goes back to like that giggly kind of awkward yeah. and like, Ooh, not, sorry. not really sure what, what to do with the camera in front yeah. of her. Yeah, I've just She's, murdered someone and yeah. sorry about it. A nickname is The Savage though, isn't it? I mean, Yeah, the, the thing sense. is, I'm just excited to see more of these ladies come through. Yeah. Because even, not to jump straight to the main, but when you see someone like Felicia Spencer come through the way she has and relatively unknown and obviously had this fight like there's still gaps to that game a little bit mm-hmm. so it's nice to see the more undercard getting more of a, a fuller game yeah because yeah you've got your outstanding athletes like Nunes and Cyborg and stuff like that but that's because they're from a different sort of background as well it's like it, mm. it was a harder it was a harder experience and like they were sort of pushed into it a bit a bit earlier whereas now you get other people coming in that are like experts. And it is, yeah. again, it's like UFC 99. Yeah. As in the year 99, back in the day when Matt Hughes was, he was a good wrestler, so he dominated people. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Randy could stop people by just smothering them. Yeah. So it's it's like, you got that a lot in the ladies, but it's wicked to see these new ones coming through. Yeah. Yeah. Especially and if you get a finish as well on quite a decision-heavy card. For sure. And she's, I mean, she's been training with Dean Thomas for since she was 16. So she's had MMA training sure. for a long while, you know. And off an expert as well, like yeah. a super... For sure. Yeah. Um, well, my first of the uh, of my under, underdogs picks were, were, was not very good. Which um, one was that? I mean, they all did all right. And there was all, there was moments in the fights where, the, where they, they looked like they potentially could have done something. But that's why they were underdogs, right? There you go. Um, Yoshinori Hori against uh, Hakim Dawadu. Yeah, like that first round, he he landed a couple of good shots in that first round. Um, but he just he the amount of movement that he committed to in the first round to stay away from Dawadu, yeah, was just too much for him to maintain. And and he just he started to slow down. And when he started to slow down, was the same time that Dawadu started to get impatient yeah. and started to walk him down. Yeah. Um. So he got I mean, fight I'm excited night, to see right? him more though. Did, did he get fight of the night? Was it? I'm sure Dowdu got a bonus. Oh, okay. He might have got. But I don't think Hori would have done that. He, he was backing out. up too much, I think. Okay. Um, but yeah, I'd like to see him fight again, and I'd like to see him fight someone that's uh, maybe someone that's not got as much experience in the UFC. So because you could see that Dowdu was fighting with the confidence that yeah. he'd had. Been there. Yeah. yeah. He'd already, he'd, what he's got six six rounds 
six rounds already in the good. octagon. Yeah, he's, he's coming off what, two decisions, and then he's got that loss to Danny Henry, but that was first round. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So what? What else you want to talk about? So, what else was good? Oh, main card then. I went. I, I watched the. Uh, I'm just gonna move your mic again. Sorry, I'm leaning down because I've got Ben on my knee. I went. I watched. I started with obviously uh, Jocko and Barion. Barion. Barriol. Yeah. He didn't throw a left hand. He was he was loading up a right the whole time, and he had the power because yeah. because Jocko was like sort of avoiding a lot of stuff and 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 like clinching and just tapping him, not tapping him, but obviously hitting him. But he, I was just watching his left hand. I don't know what made me think of it, but the whole time was he didn't throw his left hand, and every time he went in, he ducked his head. Really, and I was just waiting to see a flying knee. I was just screaming out for that yeah. like every time he moved forward he dipped his head down Jocko's frustrating I, I always find him frustrating to watch to be honest because he's he just he drifts like you never feel in a fight like he wants it like he's come to no. take it off his opponent he just it's just all like he just kind of plods yeah yeah it's so frustrating to watch it's I mean and all fighters that do that are frustrating to watch because it's almost like they're not fighting to try and get a finish no and for me that's what this is all about well it's um, like he almost gave it away at the end yeah he was he was I think if there was another round mm. he was almost checked out a little bit yeah and not not in a like he's never going to get he's never going to get higher places on the card even if he keeps winning though no because people there's no excitement to watch him fight which no. is the, which is what's holding him back is it ATT now as well yeah and no, when he was talking be. about Robbie and he was saying that he's not the same as Robbie and it's like well, hold on a minute if you're training with him yeah. and you're picking up some good stuff employ it well they're not he's not no he won't be Robbie's left no Robbie's left yeah, yeah. Um, Nico Price was my other underdog pick and he had he had a couple Yo, of good moments he was dude. fun to watch it's just like I said on the on the video he's a roller coaster pick like you watch his fights because you you expect chaos yeah like he's got that kind of wild style where he takes shots to land shots, and there's always moments in the fight where he looks like he's coming back. And yeah, yeah I'm, I'm a big fan of his. I think if his tagline was "Go big or go home," <laughs> that would pretty yeah. much sum him up. Yeah, because he he just seems, I don't know. The, I think the thing is for a casual fan, he always looks different physically. Mm. Yeah, so it's hard to get a like. Um, you know, Chuck always looked haircut. the same. Yeah, 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 exactly. Like, there's a really not famous picture, but one that I always remember of him having like a top knot, uh-huh. but he looked like a shrunken head. <laughs> uh, he, he had like this real scraped up top yeah. knot on the top of his head, and he yeah. sort of looked a bit gaunt. And it was one of them. They've done it quite a few times with fighter profiles, uh-huh. and like, they must look at the picture and think, "You, you want to use this?" And it's, yeah. it's like, it doesn't look like them. Yeah. So I, I always I get excited when he's fighting, and he seemed to bring something out in Jeff Neal because mm. that was. He got hit and started firing back, and I yeah. think his whole camp was like, "No, no, 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 <laughs> do that! Don't get drawn in! Don't yeah, get scrapped!" It worked, though, man. Mm. It was interesting. Yeah, Felicia Spencer. Wow, she was impressive. That elbow that she caught Cyborg with as well, leapt in, lead elbow, cut her out in the forehead. Yeah, I, I think I think she's good, Felicia Spencer, and I think and she showed a she showed a lot of good things in the fight. Um, I mean, anyone's going to struggle to take Cyborg down. But, anyone's going to struggle with Cyborg in the clinch. Yeah. You know, to have the confidence to keep jumping in there, to keep pushing Crazy. forward. It's, but at what point does her her own toughness sort of go past any sort of skill? Because mm-hmm. I'm not saying that she's not got the skill because she clearly has and she's a fantastic black belt and she's she stood in there for five rounds, at uh, three rounds. That was weird as well, wasn't it? Just only having three. Yeah. Um, But her own toughness... It was almost like because the last round mm. she was she was getting 
hit quite a lot yeah. and there wasn't um, but it was just that sheer determination and toughness that, to get to the end but that's a technical deficit though that's that's not having options in that moment like the toughness keeps you in the moment but having options keeps you safe in the moment okay. and she just didn't have options which is why she kept turning her head away and yeah. I mean the thing is like of course it's easy to, to, to like get flustered and to panic when someone's throwing a barrage of punches at you especially when it's someone like Cyborg you yeah. know they hit hard you know they're aggressive but at the same time there's so much there's so much extra movement that people do that actually makes it makes them more vulnerable yeah like moving their head side to side and waving their arms around instead of just tucking up and building a frame and accepting that you're going to have to take some yeah. shots on the sides of your head and your arms it's you know like that's when you start to and this is probably going to sound a bit odd for people that don't fight but you've got to start prioritizing body parts yeah you know, like okay. you're going to get hit. So what can I protect with the muscles there, right? I can I can pull my ribs in. I can tighten my midsection. I can protect my my, my ribs, my floating ribs from pretty much any any power, power shots with hands. You know, a, a body kick is a game changer. But like if somebody's flooring against the fence, I can protect most things by just being prepared to take the Technically impact. Technically prepared. Yeah. As like, opposed to like, just covering up. But like physiologically as well, like and like being able to look at your opponent as they're throwing shots and being able to to uh, one one of my favourite clips actually, and I threw it into uh, um, uh, in, into one of the recent war rooms is RDA against Robbie Lawler, and Robbie Lawler's he takes it to another level because Robbie Lawler he's good at shelling up, he's good at covering himself in the pocket and and keeping his eyes open so he's watching what's coming. So to an extent, then he could start to roll his guard and start to actually yeah, yeah. accommodate yeah. the punches that are coming in. Yeah. But then if you watch it against RDA, and it's it's like a 45-second barrage that RDA is throwing, constant punches. There are times where Robbie's actually, he's actually rolling stuff off his shoulders and yeah. he's riding things across the side of his head and stuff. And like, that's a new level of it. But it's like different stages of awareness. And the first stage is, is a lot of time closing your eyes and turning your head away. Yeah. And that is a lack of understanding of the benefits of being more prepared. And I think, I just think she's got everything she needs psychologically. I think physically she's big enough for the weight class. Yeah. Uh, it, I mean, from what we know of a ground game, it's really good. Mate. So if she can link that together with some, some more options on takedown, yes. she kept going to that high crotch against the fence. Yeah. Which is going to, like I said, in the breakdown, similar to Frankie, she can lift. Yeah. Like if you can lift cyborg from that position, I would say she'd, she'd probably do well to study some, uh, uh, some judo, you know what I mean? Yeah. Some stuff against the fence where she Decent can work throws. body locks and yeah, trips. Yeah, completely. Because I think once she gets pe- pe- people to the ground, most of the time in this division, she's just going to maul. You imagine her against Ronda back in the day? Oh, it would be amazing. Ronda would be a good training partner for her. Yeah, for real. Just, um, to, just to get that little edge. Because yeah. I think it's interesting what you say where the absolute, the, the, the baseline is bottling up. Yeah. Closing your eyes, turning mm-hmm. away. I think there's a lot to be said for just being swarmed on because yeah. if you can make that not work for your opponent then essentially if they had five decent flurries that's one down mm-hmm. you just got to because it's exhausting yeah and yeah. missing is even worse yeah but if you are if you're taking a bit of that energy out of it and then you can put your own game in there you see so many people used to do it where you'd let someone punch themselves out forrest griffin used to let people do it all yeah. the time and then yeah. they'd then they'd be knackered that's what nate did to, to connor yeah yeah, let, yeah. But, and and there's and that's where the Robbie Lawler style of riding punches and um, uh, James Tony, the Philly shell, kind of like what Mads Bunnell does really well yeah. as well. Um, because because of the way that the punches feel like they're landing, the person that's throwing them feels like they're having more success than they are. Yeah. 
So so as you're as you stand as you're standing in the pocket and they're throwing the punches, they feel like they're having impacts, even though the impacts aren't affecting no. you. And I mean that is one thing that's a bit of a drawback in MMA is that the judges tend to score that those kind of shots still quite significantly, yeah. even though even though you've done better to yeah. waste their energy and stay stay safe. But that's the gamble that you play, kind of playing that game, I suppose, is like taking that risk to let them punch themselves out and assuming that you are going to get the finish when they yeah. are tired. Um, but I, I I like that style, and I think that I think Robbie Lawler against RDA is one of the best examples of of allowing someone just to work. I mean, it didn't work out for Robbie, unfortunately, and that's one of the drawbacks is RDA's output looks ridiculous in yeah. comparison. But um, It just reinforces Leon Edwards' position out there, doesn't yeah, it? it does. You know, when you look at who RDA's beat, yeah. not to go back into that fight, but he beat Robbie. Yeah. That's insane. But then, say, you know, same as, not not, not, on the same, not on the same level as Jocko, but still, like, cruising, coasting to a point where I feel like he could have just... Yeah, could have been a contender. You know. Let's test fourth gear. Yeah. Because it didn't feel like he was out of third. No. And that's a compliment, really, because that's saying that he's far more capable than what we're seeing of him. Well, I thought so. I kind of felt like we got that against uh, from um, Usman as well on the way up to the title. Yeah. You know? Well, Usman even said that's just 60%. Yeah. In a a a post fight. And you're like, bro. (laughs) Yeah. You know what I mean? I want a title shot. I've just given you 30%. Yeah. I want to. It may sound good in your head. Yeah. I want a 40% refund on my ticket. Please. Yeah, big time, because you sound like a douche. Yeah. Douche refund. Just go, go on. On the next one, OAM, as John Anik referred to him as, which is Olivia Aubon Mussier. Oh, OAM. He's, he's now coined OAM, which I was going to talk to you about nicknames and just like, I know we've had GSP, yeah. which was forever like up there is pretty good. <laughs> OSP. OSP. Not, it's not stuck quite Because it, it had SP in it, it was yeah. just too too close. Mm-hmm. We got Triple G. That's the next one, isn't it? Yeah, that's good. Golovkin. You can live that. But yeah. like, Anik does it quite a lot, doesn't he? he? Who else is there? DC. But then my argument here with this is that's not a nickname. It's they're just your initials. Yeah. Like Daniel DC Cormier. That's not. No. That's not a nickname. No. Daniel Daniel Cormier. Yeah. Cormier. <laughs> but check this out. I took a picture for you of OAM because I wanted to know if you thought it looked like Forrest Griffin in a really terrible French disguise. Well. Oh, it does. Doesn't it? Does it look like Forrest Griffin? Yeah. He's got these, like, he's he's grown a bit of a git tash, <laughs> which is like Michael Sarah in that film where he's a, uh, you know, he's got bipolar and he plays a Frenchman. It's fucking weird. Yeah. It's really weird. But he's got like weird, massive round Lennon glasses, but they're see-through and curly hair. And I was like, oh my God, that looked like Forrest when we got to the PI. Huh. It's like, yeah. morning. Yeah. I'm just going on the so land. He looks on a Sunday morning. After, yeah, that's after it. After a an long event. Night. Go on, tell me about the main out. event then. What do you reckon? I'm impressed. I'm impressed that Frankie went five, five. Oh, yeah? Uh, for, yeah. As much as I've always been in Frankie's corner, like I said last week, I consider that he beat Ben Henderson twice, even though he'd lost both times. It was just insane to see the size difference. And you could see Frankie's physical frustration show. There was times when he was catching him. And looking like he was going to put something together. But then, like, the third or fourth step in that motion was just... And it was almost, like, to an unfair degree where he's not as tall or not as long. Yeah. And so Max just had that advantage. Like, in every area, Max had that that advantage. Yeah. So then does does Frankie move down to bantamweight now? Does he cut again? Because it's mad to think he was the 55 champ and now he looks smaller than 45. Yeah. For two years he was the champ. Not just, like, oh... But then you've got to wonder what fighting at 55 took out of him. Oh, not right now. I don't... 
I don't know. I mean, it still feels like champion not long, Frankie not long ago was champion because there's something, there's an exercise I want to do with you in a minute. Just, and it's a, it's just a, a memory, just a muscle memory thing real quick. Go on then. I'm going to do it now. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking about this earlier because a lot of the times I get reminded of the age deficit in something by the sponsored shorts and stuff. Because like the Frankie highlight reel was predominantly pre-bock. Yeah. Which he's had good fights. He's had mm. decent fights. He fought Faber. He's fought all sorts of people. Yeah. But the, the, the lion's share of his work was done back in the day. So I think it's weird as a older fan. I mean, we've watched this since forever. So if I was to tell you a weight class, who's the fight that immediately comes to mind? Okay. So I sort of did it for myself, but... If I say to you, UFC heavyweight, mm-hmm. first fight that comes to mind. Tim Sylvia. I don't know why. Okay. Mine was Olofsky. Okay. Olofsky and Frank Mir. Mm-hmm. Okay. Light heavyweight. Tito. Yeah. Tito, Chuck and Randy. Yeah. All day. I mean, and look at what John Jones has done. Yeah, right. It's that generation it, yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, I suppose. Okay. So middleweight. Oh, uh Evan Tanner was the first one that came to mind. I don't know why. He Bisping. only held the belt for, for once. Is that what you thought? Yeah. I, and honestly, and I don't know if it's the whole rock old thing and just the... I actually stood up and clapped when he won that. <laughs> yeah. In my living room, <laughs> which is kind of fucking weird. <laughs> but... Nodding and clapped, of yeah, course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nodding and looking out the window, nodding just down the street. Yeah. 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 He did good. <laughs> and the thing, I've, I've, I've always had a weird thing with Bisping, like following his career, but when I thought of middleweight... Even though the mm. Anderson Silver thing and all the rest of it. See, I think for me, it might be iconic photos. Maybe. I think I have an iconic photo in my head. So when you say heavyweight, I, I picture that particular photo. Yeah. Mm. Like a I'm signing good. card or something. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Well, I was thinking uh, Rich Franklin was probably the next one. Yes. Because I, I, last week I said Bisping fought Franklin. I don't know where I'd gone fucking fuzzy, but it was the uh, Vandalay that fought Franklin. Mm. And um, it was the whole Vandalay, Franklin and... Um, What's his name? Brian Stan. That yeah. I got mixed up. Okay. So next is welterweight. Well, Matt Hughes. But then a close second would be Militich. Yeah, see mine. But he was, was no, he's middleweight, wasn't he? Militich was middleweight. Uh, was no, it? Pat Militich no, was the first yeah, champion. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I often will do that back straight to the original. Right. Because I'll probably do that mm. on the next one. So yeah, mine was probably GSP. Yeah. Uh, lightweight. Jens Pulver. All day. All day, Jens Pulver. Pulver and shirt. That's iconic photo. That's yeah. Jens Pulver flexing in the yeah. middle of the octagon. As if with I the fucking belt. told you, motherfuckers. Yeah. We t- we, like, he was always crying when he Jens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but in the best possible way. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, bear in mind as well. Well, no, okay. We'll do the next one. Featherweight. Oh, well. Juan Kings. Yeah, it's, it's Jose. Jose. Yeah. All day. So, Connor's held belts in both those last two things. And we've not even... It's strange. Never, never defended though, did he? No, but it's. I think it's, it is then, a generational then, thing. That's the thing though, because then you could probably take a if you took a fishing net and got a thousand UFC fans out of an arena at any live event, which was you I know. I think be, it would be, be heavily yeah, McGregor. It'd be sort of like you know, like six to ten percent of the population of the actual event. A lot yeah. of people would say McGregor. I think. What do you think for heavyweight? Do you think people would say Brock? Oh yeah, maybe. maybe. I think I think I could pick the most commonly. Um, chosen fighters because mm. it doesn't have to be a champ yeah like, like I don't ha- even Cowboy think... fits quite well into mm. a lot of different categories I don't even think many people would say Anderson Silver at middleweight no no and I think that was the English barrier mm. to a degree yeah maybe what about okay we've got a couple more bantamweight yeah see the, the thing is with bantamweight it's all modern stuff yeah 
Like it's 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 almost an entirely different different section of the sport. Yeah. Because it for me it was like like UFC was lightweight to heavyweight. And then you had WEC. And then all of a sudden the lighter weight class is rad and it feels so much more of a modern addition. Yeah. I don't know. Bantamweight. See, I would always say Hen and Burrell. I know Cruz came back from WEC and sort of bought it across, but mm. Hen and Burrell, for how dominant he was pre USADA. Yeah. Yeah, he was, yeah. But again, language barrier. He, he never really had much to say about it. And there, there were certain things about Burrell that I struggled with a little bit. Like like with the Faber fight, where he was always more interested in looking at the referee to get the stoppage. Yeah. Like, look, look, I'm, look how much I'm hitting. I'm doing He's it. not doing yeah. anything. Yeah. I was never a fan of that kind of stuff. No. I was connected much more with the fighters that were just there to fight. Savage. Yeah. Yeah, so, go for a kill shot. Yeah. See, it's interesting. I mean, that's the last one's flyweight, and you've got Demetrius Johnson and the man who shall never be named. <laughs> but DJ pretty much I mean Benavidez and Uncle Creepy would come straight into that for yeah. me from the from the tournament sort of thing that they did and then ladies I don't know featherweight championship you got Duranda May Cyborg and Noons yeah they're, they're all too recent to even yeah, think I about think so. history though but it's strange isn't it it's strange yeah. how immediately you get drawn to a, a man. I think it's interesting because a lot of people will hit me up and say what was that fight you mentioned like oh Forrest Griffin against um, Shogun Hua mm-hmm let him punch himself out and then shock the world. Yeah. So stuff like that, but they'll come and they'll say, most people that I talk to will justify their viewership. And not even in a shit way, but they'll they'll come along and they'll say, oh, I've only been watching it since this or that. Mm-hmm. And so they'll either want to know what, what you should watch or what's good to get into, or they'll be telling you about why they got into it. Yeah. If that makes sense. Uh-huh. But I think it's always interesting when... I mean, my cousin came into it late and just saw Chuck Liddell get demolished. Yeah. So we just don't know how... It's the same with BJ Penn, though. Like, yeah, how many yeah. people saw the third Frankie Edgar fight against BJ Penn and didn't no. see uh, BJ Penn against Matt Hughes? And, Mate. Like, we spoke, Matt spoke Hughes about three. Yeah, spoke about this last week. It's, you know... But like, I thought that was... Things in- move on and you kind of forget. That's why I don't like seeing fighters fight too long past. Like, Anderson Silva sh- shouldn't be fighting now. No. Like, people will remember the Adesanya fight and not... Yeah, not you know some of his like his Rich Franklin fights. And, yeah, like his UFC debut against Chris Lieben always Mate. sticks. Or out drop in my mind. just dropping into light heavyweight and destroying Forrest oh, and, and uh, uh, Irving, James, Irving. James Irving. I was live at that one. Mate, he yeah. hit him seven times. It was crazy by holding his leg, and yeah. Irving was done. He was done. But the thing is, by discounting it, it's then when you get people like the the media side of things. I was listening to the press conference on the way over. I listened to the Dana part of the press conference. And one of the questions was, do you now think Max Holloway's the greatest Hawaiian fighter ever? And I was like, it's so generational that you, mm. you can't ever take that. Two weight classes as well with BJ Penn, you can't discount that. Yeah, but, you, but I don't think it's even a, a fair comparison to what, what Max is now the champion of. Uh, BJ Penn wasn't the champion of. Yeah. What, what Max is dealing with in day-to-day life and as far as the support and viewership and, and the money and all the rest of it. BJ Penn was, he had a completely different life. So it has to be, for me, it's almost like in a, in, in maybe four or five year stints, like you can't, just because let's say Robbie Lawler goes on and, and wins forever for the rest of his life, that doesn't discount what GSP did. Mm-mm. I don't think. But that's, that's, I mean, I'm, I'm not jumping over Max Holloway, but that's a good um, place to start for the next one. Cause I was prepping. I'm going to try and get a war room put together. Although now the Raptors are traveling, it's there's a challenge there. Do it on your phone. <laughs> Snapchat <laughs> yeah, with yeah. filters. Um, 
But like you look at Lawler against Covington, and Covington made his UFC made his pro debut in 2012. Okay. And by that point, Robbie Lawler had already knocked out Frank Trigg and Matt Linland. Yeah. Like before. And be- left the UFC and, and le- done whatever. Been to the UFC, yeah. left the UFC, fought in strike force. I mean. In elite and everywhere else. Like four big names like Bobby Sabrol. Didn't he fight? Um, did he fight Dan Anderson at one point? Yeah, he did. I think he lost to Anderson. He did. He lost. Was it a decision? Yeah, well, it was in his back end of his strike force days. When he was fighting at a different uh, middleweight as well, wasn't it? But I think he became everyone's hero when he came and killed Koscheck. Catch weight at 195 against Hen- against Henato uh, Sabral. Babalu. Yeah. Man. And that knockout of a Manhoff is still one of my favourite ever knockouts. Well, when he was nearly on his, yeah. out on his feet and just someone said, swing, Robbie, swing. Just done. He just had nothing left. No. He wasn't even looking where Manhoff was when he threw that punch. But look, he lost to Jake Shields in the second minute of the first round yeah for a title Jake Shields and his guillotine chokes I mean I've been in a few of them yeah he used to come to 10th planet sometimes and train and his guillotines were ridiculous he always he seemed even him and Gil and the Diaz brothers to some degree just in strike force was just so much more it was almost like if you remember like at school there was a, a fucking hangout spot and then there was all the cool kids behind the fucking like sheds or whatever smoking and strike force was that the behind the sheds it wasn't the six form common room where it's like we've earned to be here this is where this is where we are now because we're six form. and they're the like kid was. fuck you dickhead watch this it was all the kids where all the bad kids went in Pinocchio before they turned into exactly donkeys. yeah the donkey yeah. island donkey island yeah I think that's strike force and, Bella got, <laughs> and Bellator to a degree do you know what I mean yeah maybe after, after maybe. doing high rollers it was very much <coughs> that was fucking donkey island wasn't it that was I loved that, that yeah mate but the thing is there was no rush to get away from there so I think when you see like what happened to Jake Shields after the fact, it's still impressive that I mean he beat Robbie before Robbie reinvented himself. Or- Just the experience that Robbie's got going into that fight in comparison to Covington. I I was watching a bunch of Covington's fights yesterday, and I genuinely feel like like he's up against it for five rounds. I mean it's a five round fight. He he runs into the clinch and tries to maul people. And Robbie's got that wicked shovel punch off yeah. his backhand. And see, the other thing with these two is they're both southpaws generally, which means that Covington can't reach for that lead single leg, which is going to really slow his, his approach down for the wrestling. And then Robbie's got a wicked uh, a wicked rear uppercut, like shovel punch, um, my that coach used to on, call it. Um, what's his name? Johnny Hendricks. Yes, exactly. Yeah, big time. Like that is gonna, that's going to really that's going to really force Covington to think about moving into the clinch, which means that he's probably going to try and run Robbie up against the fence. And the Robbie Lawler that showed up for the Askren fight, I know we didn't get to see much of him, no, but, but like the condition filth. he was in, he was fired up. I've heard a lot of conversation about his new conditioning re- regime, which he's followed into this training camp after the last one. So I think, I mean, the thing is we might be seeing the final throws of Robbie Lawler's career. Yeah. He's 37 now, which I'll speak from experience is old as fuck. Yeah, you um, feel it then. Plus he's had how many fights? 42. But they're all wars. Like, the thing is, whenever you speak about Robbie's fights, like he, when he came back into the UFC, Hendricks, Condit, uh, you, You've got to even think McDonald's. about what 13 years training that Militich will do to Mate. you. Well, this is what I was about to say. I mean, with Covington, have we ever seen anyone really punch him? Like dirty box him and actually get inside not, and, and not properly really. mess him up a bit? Just... I mean, RDA waited for him to get tired and then had a decent round, but didn't really do a lot to him. But you remember what Maya did to his face? Yeah. 
like Maya made a mess of his face. You imagine what Robbie Lawler is going to be able to, to do to his this face. This is what I mean. Power punching. Yeah. Like proper crisp, intelligent counter punching. Yeah. And then moving in. Mm, touching back on Militic, how how ingrained is Robbie's takedown take defense, defense yeah. after training with Matt Hughes? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, think what you will of the guy. He's, he's mown more people down by just taking them mm-hmm. across a fucking cage. Yeah. And that's and Robbie was the third in three generations of welterweights then. Yeah. Because you got Matt Hughes being the middle and Pat Milicic being the being the elder. Yeah. Like that's three generations Imagine. plus of all the guys you had around him. I mean, who else did he have at Milicic? Tim Sylvia. In fact, I'm gonna Jens Pulver. I think I can click. Yeah. Uh, Matt Hughes' brother, Mark. Roy Markham, Spencer Fisher. Yeah. Spencer Fisher. Yeah. Fuck. Do you remember that flying knee that he had on? Um, he was awesome. Spencer was. Man, who was it? Was Jeremy it Matt Horn. Wyman? Jeremy Horn. That's another one we forgot. Jeremy Holmes was a straight killer. Matt Wyman. Yeah, Matt Wyman, the yeah, flying knee from was. Spencer Fisher. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Where he sort of, he did a flying knee, but did a front flip off of it and sort of landed it and yeah. walked away. Oh, here we go. Notable fighters. Um, Laverne Clark, remember him? Justin Eilers. Eilers. He's uh, dead now, right? Yeah. Yeah, passed away. Did he get shot at like a family barbecue or something? Was it that? Or did, was, he, was it on a boat? Was it, no, I think it was like a disagreement with his stepdad. He got shot in the chest. Yeah. He's a big old youth. He was massive. Josh Neer. The dentist, yeah, yeah, we like the dentist. Tony Frickland, yeah, great fighter. Yeah, Tony he was, was. He was a good fighter. So, but the thing is, Tony was unfortunate. Tony was a great fighter, and he's a great coach now. But he, unfortunately, he's one of those fighters that I have two associations with him. One of them was the upward elbow against Anderson Silva, right. and the other one was the body triangle submission against Ivan Salaveri. Oh, that's a blast from the past, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. That's just stuck out in my brain. And I always thought to myself, I wonder whether that was because Ivan Salivary had one of those steel tie cups and have, yeah, that, and just, have that bastard digging in the back of your spine. Yeah, I can't That's imagine. That's Yeah, what did he sub oh, you with? His groin. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I'll be honest, I used to have one of them. I used to call it the Iron Maiden. <laughs> you strapping it on? Yeah. It's all right. It's yeah. my Eddie. It is a few more names for you. Let's see if you remember. So Sam Hoger. Yeah, Ultimate he was Fighter in season one. one yeah, yeah. He, wasn't he the one who filled his bag with everyone's stuff? I think so. Yeah, Bob Hunchak, Ben Rothwell was Militich for a while. Oh dear. Corey Hill, remember him? Yeah, well, six he's also four, passed six away. Four, five. He had pneumonia. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he had broke have a, his leg. When he yeah, Anderson snapped it leg. fully. Anderson Silva, but it was about nineteen foot long. Dude, that was the problem. He was he was too tall for that weight class. It was like Drew a kid Matt rolling Fedris. out. It's like rolling out fucking play doh. Do you know what I mean? Drew McFedris. Yeah, right. Man, he knocked some people out dead. Yeah, didn't he? Um... Ian Freeman was yeah. uh, was one of the, the machines, and here's a name that that we didn't see. Did he ever fight in the UFC? Go on. Jason Black. Why do I know that name? Oh, Jason Black was a killer. I remember him. Uh, I remember hit, like rumors of him on the scene and how good he was. And he so he got to twenty one and zero without without taking a loss. He had one draw against Anthony McKee, uh, Antonio McKee. But back between, what was that, 2000 and 2005, he was undefeated for five years. Fighting where? Uh, all over the place. Because back in the day, it was, you know, you fight wherever you can. Yeah. So he was fighting on, like, uh, Super Brawl and Gladiators 14, World Fighting Alliance, wow. WFA. I can yeah, picture all of these, these different organizations. <laughs> XKK, Extreme Cage Combat. <laughs> XKK XKK Cage with a K Mate that is That's borderline That's That's bad That's problems XKK Well it's interesting If you do the whole exercise And it was, and it was Iowa I mean Yeah I don't want to I don't want to make assumptions Give me six uh, <laughs> Well 
it's it's like if you think about the exercise we've just done with the UFC fighters, if you mm. say middleweight, lightweight, and all the rest of it, who do you think of? Yeah, I think if you did that for any of Pride, the answer for every single weight class would be Vanderlei. For me, <laughs> yeah. do you know what I mean? No, no, Crocop. What's Pride look like? Oh, they're fed up. I mean, no. Yeah, and Mark Hunt. There's Dude, there's a Pride lot there. Rampage, but it's always Vanderlei. Vanderlei was the poster boy. Vanderlei was the I poster think so. boy. Yeah, but with just going back to Colby Covington. Go on then. Would lost. you? Would we still hate him? I don't hate if him. he wasn't a dick. No, I don't I mean that. I don't hate him. I hate the character he's pretending to be. Okay, the pretense. Yeah, to but, a degree. Is that why? Is that why you hate it? Because yeah, well, it's disingenuous. Yeah, because I, the thing that's is, what, that's what bothers me about it is that it's not real. Yeah, it's 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 like I know we've said before. It's someone reading a, a budget fucking like Bant's book, but. <laughs> Just get him the first couple of seasons of the Inbetweeners or something. Watch budget that. Bands. Do you know what I mean? It is budget bands because it was like when you come over here and like work on a building site for a just like, walk ju- past a fucking building ju- site. Do you know what I mean? Join a Saturday morning football team. Anything. Over here. Yeah, working Greg's for a day. <laughs> get in a factory. But it's like when, my dad will find him a job. Oh, my mate, dad will find him a job like on a factory floor somewhere. You'd never see him again. No, you never see him again. But it's the way he sat there with What's his buzzing? mate. Uh, it's me. It was an email from a supplier. Tell him no. Not right now. Well, I did, but Good. I'm not answering that. Good, excellent. But it's um, like when he's wearing his Make America Great Again and he just... It's cheese ball, isn't it? It is, but it, you're doing it, it against someone like Robbie that couldn't give half a fuck. Dude, how, how have we not thought about this before? Colby Covington and Henry Cejudo as a tag team partnership in WWE. Perfect. It's perfect. Perfect. It's, Managed it's, by Ronda. It's Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase. And, and Virgil. Uh, uh, yeah. Was it IRS? Yeah, Erwin Arshaster. That's him, Erwin Arshaster. And, Vi- and Virgil was the dude that carried his case until he beat him at that WrestleMania 9. That was it. Yeah, the yeah. stacked black dude with the stripy fucking pants. Fucking mate, he, and then, yeah, he was fucking properly shredded and he yeah. beat the shit out Bald of him. Bald head. Yeah. And he had, and he had, was it like white and red striped pants? Yeah, with tassels on the legs, that on the boots. bad. Yeah, Virgil was badass. I found, when my, he, when I he, found out my WWF cards the other day. There's I found my figures. Ones. I got my figures out. Oh, have you? Yeah, but this is what I was saying the other day. Like, as soon as I find anything like that, then my youngest is now playing with figures quite a bit, different bits and bobs. But she'll get like, the fucking proportions all the way wrong. Like, she'll set a wrestling figure in a Barbie car. Yeah. I'm like, nah. That's why I couldn't be doing with what robot chicken and shit. Yeah, that doesn't, yeah it's got to be. They don't fit together. No, they've got to go in the right fucking thing. <laughs> like, Luke Skywalker goes inside the fucking X Wing, obviously. <laughs> and why have I got like a Smurf in there next to a fucking squishy and some Shopkins? Yeah. yeah. This is bollocks. So yeah, I yeah. found I found Smurfs can't figures. reach the pedals in the next wing. It's ridiculous. No, of course it's completely unrealistic. Yeah. So, well, would would we prefer Colby if he was himself, or is he? I I would, I would, and I tell you, and the, the other thing as well is that he's good mates with um with Masvidal. Masvidal. That was it. That's and Masvidal's a, cool a fucking gangster. tag team partner. Like why why is he not just just more like Masvidal? Just be less just be less theatrical and more like yeah. don't give a fuck. Well, I think the more. It is almost so, like a wrestler reinventing himself. I think you look at The Rock when The Rock first came out as Rocky Maivia. Fucking everyone hated him. Is um, is Colby Covington's hashtag super unnecessary? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, completely. And it's almost like I give Colby a lot more time of day because if Masvidal likes him, yeah. and Masvidal he is the right. coolest fucking dude in the world, sure. right? So he just about validates him to go like, it's like when you take a mate to a party and someone's like, Bit of a dick. It's like give him a chance. Yeah, <laughs> he's yeah. all right. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? How many times do you think Masvidal's had to do that? At a party so with all Colby of Covington? them to his parties. Yeah. Could you imagine turning up and him with his Make America Great yeah. again? 
and it being something out of like Boys in the Hood <laughs> and Masvidal yeah. just, just fucking calming everyone down yeah. the whole night. He's, he's, effectively, he's effectively the guy that shows up in a, a briefcase for the first day of school, isn't he? Yeah, completely. That guy. Yeah, that was me. Brief, in in Masvidal's group, there you go. So you, so you, you know, you and Colby Covington, we'll have to get your... That's bad, isn't it? Yeah. Me and Colby's a tag team partnership. No. no, no I, I could write him some lines. Go on, what, what stands out on this card? Because then I'm going to get my bag ready and head to London. Okay, I've, got, I've got DC Mirchitz. This Inside the Octagon schedule throws me off, man. Because I'm thinking about a fight that's not this weekend. I'm thinking yeah. about DC against Mirchitz. And I'm completely ignoring the fact there's an event this weekend. And then I'm going to Uruguay before that For fight an, Yeah, well, that's what fucks my brain. It fries my brain. Well, we normally catch up on a Monday. And I'll take away what I can pick from your brain to carry on with Full Reptile and all the rest of it. But then there's also times when I'll be like, where are you going? And so I'm going to London to do Stipe and, and DC. So mm. not consciously, but then I'll start thinking about that. And then I'll be like, oh, fuck, this reminds me of such and such. And as you well can tell from the whole podcast, nothing's scripted. Mm-hmm. But there's sometimes bits that I'll be like, fuck, that'd be good to talk about. So I almost get them lined up. And it's the most irrelevant, <laughs> nonsensical nothing. Because, I mean, we've still got Gagey Cowboy. Yeah. I can't wait to fucking talk about. But When's that? I don't know, but there's no point in talking about it yet at all, yeah, is no, there? It's not coming up yet, is it? It's 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 I've got Uruguay first, mate. Who's who's Uruguay? Is that Shevchenko? Karmush too. Wow. Yeah, it should be a really good one. That one is it's it's a fun card. I'm I'm excited to get out there. It's uh, have you been to Uruguay I've never before? Been to Uruguay before? No. Uh, Mike Perry, Luke, uh, Vicente Luque's co-main event, which is going to yes. be good. Uzdemir against Latifi's on the card. Like, it's it's good. Yeah, it's, it's a good card. There's some. There's some. Uh, Have you seen BJ Penn's gone on Alexi the fight? Alexi Konchenko. He, he was the guy that made his debut against. Uh, Danny. Nope. Chago Alves. Oh. Oh yeah. Remember. Yeah. He's like he's like undefeated in twenty fights or something. Really really good uh, kickboxer. Man. Well. Yeah. Might, anyway, yeah. we jumped to we jumped across a card. What? Just uh, Jim Miller Clay Guida this weekend. Let me see. Co-main. Yeah. It's a good one. It's, 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 it fucking it's, is a, a good one. It's a one. classic one. It's a vintage fight, really. Man, but that's it's a throwback fight. Well, Jim was on a bit of a ter- a bit of a slip, wasn't he? And then he took all his kids, like he'd taken lower school. Yeah, didn't he get? And he got like Lyme's disease or something. Yeah, but he's, he's got, got like, fifteen there. kids. Has he? They had the whole front row, the and Millers. they watched him win. The Millers. Meet the Millers. Meet the Millers. <laughs> oh. Yeah, if he was taking Jennifer Aniston with him, you'd go, wouldn't you? Well, you would, wouldn't you? Stoicich is on this card as well. I'm always excited to see that guy. He's just got this, this Darko. Dar- I know. If he names Darko, you, he sounds like a he sounds like a like a supervillain out of a movie, doesn't he? For real. Or like a um, what one of Magneto's crew on X Men? What were they called? <laughs> y Men. Y Men. <laughs> Darko Man. Mickey yeah. goes back. See yeah, Salim Suari. He's um, he's one of uh, one of our friend Pavel's fighters. I think. Oh, that'd so be interesting. I think Pavel will be out there. They always so seem I'll to be the... way more fighters than athletes. And I don't mean that in a disrespectful yeah. way, but they just seem to come from, there isn't the option where they're, where they're created. Uh-uh. It's not like, do you want to do this for fun? No. Well, and pa- see if Pavel you can make a career them. out of it. That's the one thing that you always notice about Pavel's fighters is that he's tested them before they've got to the UFC. Yeah. Or, or WEC, because he's got some female fighters in Invicta as well and stuff. And like, he always makes sure that whatever level they were stepping up to, they were ready for it before they got there. Yeah. Um, and he looks after his fighters as well, which makes a big difference. Uh, I, I think that's an interesting one. I, Mickey Gall's going to be a decent bit bigger than Sal- Salim. Uh, Salim, for me, is he's a he's a good size welterweight, but he's undersized in comparison to some of the Americans. And Mickey Gall's got a, got quite a wide frame, quite yeah. a long frame. Um, 
but it should be it should be a good fight if Tuari can get close to him and not get too tangled up in the grappling. Yeah, I, I think especially uh, after what Diego did. Yeah, yeah, there exactly. might still, yeah, there might still be a bit See, of doubt in there. I mean, that's an argument for for you know height and reach not being not being the biggest of deals. Yeah, Shevchenko on the card against Antonina Shevchenko against Lucy Pudilova. That'd reckon, be a scrap. Every time Polly They always travel together. So yeah, yeah. I would definitely think so. It's nuts like a week before. Yeah. Yeah. But she did it before. There was some what was the last time? Was it last time Antonina fought? I think um Valentina fought the week before or something oh, like shit. that. So yeah, they they they, they, they get they, used to it, they go everywhere together on they're always yeah. on the road. It's quite interesting following them and seeing where they go and what kind of training they do. It's like proper it's proper martial arts. Yeah, it's that like old school like military, isn't proper, it? Proper, yeah. yeah. Like training in the forest and kicking trees and stuff. But they don't seem to show anyone or share it with anyone. And it's like, I mean, even seeing Mark Henry in the in the corner at the weekend was really nice because obviously we've had a bit of conversation since we saw him in Vegas and it was just, it's it's really weird to put like a personality to someone that you've actually had a physical, mo- yeah, spent yeah. time with. So when I saw him, I was like, oh, that's cool. But Mark Henry, even though he's underground and quiet and like, quite a closed off gym it's yeah. very well documented uh-huh. whereas when you see people like the Shevchenkos they sit in cafes that get fucking robbed and shoot back and you're <laughs> like what the fuck is going on yeah that'd be an interesting conversation would be their their coach who's yeah. been he's been coaching them since they were young girls yes yeah, it's like Splinter like his, didn't their mum choose him as like their sensei for life imagine that. Like that I mean, imagine that that's normal though what a hell of a story though isn't it well, if it's you got a... your first sensei <laughs> Huh? Look, you'd have murdered him by now. <laughs> but it's crazy. Yeah, like just I think it's almost down to. Can you remember when Brock was fighting and they had that big camp? You never really saw inside. Mm-hmm. You never really got a close look. No. At like it was just it was just moose meat and weightlifting, wasn't it? Yeah, pretty much. Jack's fucking beef yeah. jerky. Yeah. Other jerkies are available. I can't even imagine what that training camp looked like on the inside. I bet it was all like. I bet they worked hard, but I bet they were selective about what they worked on to make sure that they always end up feeling really fucking good at the end yeah. of the session. Full bro time. Yeah. Like let's just let's just wrestle really hard in top yeah. position up against the fence with ground and pound. Yeah. So I can only work on the things that are really fun to work on. Yeah. And, and if just, anyone gets a picture. Yeah. And I just feel like the fucking man afterwards. And it just smells like piss and biscuits. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? No, it just smells like meat. Yeah. yeah. I just imagine the whole place to smell like like meat farts <laughs> and bad tattoos anyway oh, yeah we can't yeah I'm not even mentioning that fucking sword anyway alright so who we got right so what else stands out I'm, I'm good with that I'm, uh, I'm 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 excited for that card just with those two Raptors are out there so they're going to be getting some um, some stuff for the channel we're going to be doing well, open workout, media day, uh, weigh-in day. So look out for stuff on Full Reptile Radio YouTube channel. So this is actually going to be going live Thursday because it's audio only. Yes. Unless we send them the audio file and they put it on YouTube mm. as an audio only with some select pictures yeah. of, of yourself. Maybe see if we can get, them like, get one of those like fish tank videos. Yeah. We can just put it over a fish tank video. Yeah. <laughs> just, put some, just put something in there. So that because otherwise this information that we're giving you now is going to be Thursday oh, yeah, and the open workouts and everything's on. So you missed gone. the open workout video. It should yeah. be available now. Go back. As Go back and watch it. Make sure point. you leave a comment about mystery. They've not got lost in New York. <laughs> I don't know where the Airbnb is, but it's, I would imagine that because they've chosen it, it's going to be somewhere wild and wonderful. Yeah. You know what I mean? It'd be like, quite a cool like place to see. Living on someone's balcony or something. I can Just imagine. their balcony. Yeah. For, yeah. For, for only £16,000 for, for two days. Yeah. Well, this is, well, we've got to live it, right? <laughs> We're going to be here. We've got yeah. to be here. But they should be having fun. So I'm looking forward to following their journey. 
And uh, I'm going to go down and do Inside the Octagon. So by the time you hear this, that will already be uh, recorded in the bag. Wicked. So when's that? That's Wednesday, right? Yeah, but it won't be coming out for a while because it won't... I don't know, maybe they'll drop it before the Uruguay event. But yeah. it, it's for the week after. And okay. uh, I'll be there for it. I'm nice. going out to California. Yeah, and what what is it? What is it about fucking Uruguay? What's what? What do we know about Uruguay? Why is it? I know nothing about Uruguay. I think I think uh, marijuana is legal. That's what I'm hearing. Oh really? Yeah, completely. That's kind of a like cool Vegas deal. kind of style, which would be very cool. Oh yeah. Well, they were like but, sweet shops. Yeah. Nice. Well, we've got um, Ben's. Ben's not comfortable. He's not. He were, and I'm not comfortable. He's just sitting on me. <laughs> but we um, we're talking this week. We put a post out for the second 100. Yes. That is going to be super exclusive. Um, literally, literally 100 bucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anything that's left, anything that I make above and beyond will never be boxed. It'll be something for us, but it won't be, like, if you get the one archive. of the ones, yeah, it'll be like the Lego archive. Mm. So My office, you mean? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, I the, love that archive. Can you imagine? I've, mate, I just, I just dream about going everything. in. Yeah, I had this. I'd Scrooge McDuck swim it. Yeah, just with some <laughs> Danish bloke behind me going, no, stop, <laughs> stop, stop. <laughs> Please stop. <laughs> yeah, but look at these wanners. <laughs> these ones you can choke on. So um, we're going to do it slightly differently with the second 100 because essentially what we want to do is keep the exclusivity to everyone that that commits to buying this. So I've got a load of new T-shirts that we're going to be making, hand-making from start to finish. I'm not doing the stitching, mind you. Well, no. I mean, we've got... They'll all be, they'll <laughs> all be completely custom. So if there's 11 larges ordered... There'll be 11 larges made. Yeah. And 12, one for me. I'll, yeah. I'll have one. There you go. Well, they're the secret ones. Yeah. So it's going to be a pre-order. Yes. So basically, we're going to put the second 100 out and it'll take approximately seven to 10 days mm-hmm. just to get everything finalized and sent out. Yeah. So don't be expecting it the next day. There is plenty of stuff on the website that you can buy for in the next couple of days. But... The second 100 is going to be exclusive to the sizes. So whatever you order will be in the box. But other than that, we're not going to have them sat ready because it's just, that's what kills brands, I feel. And it, if mm. it means that we have to make 400 t-shirts to send 100 out, yeah, we just fucking discounts what everyone's had. Yeah. It just Plus dilutes we, it. Know, we don't be wasteful either. So. No, 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 not at all. We're uh, Yeah, so we'll get a date for that. We've not got a specific, have we got a specific date? Are we going uh, that uh, weekend, the, the DC weekend? DC we? weekend. Okay. Yeah. So We'll the, get the exact times and stuff up. We'll put a post up on the socials yeah. and stuff and we'll, we'll mention it in the podcast maybe next week. But yeah, um, that's common. So that's coming. Uh, obviously, Raptors merch is coming. It was interesting after I wore the grey, snappy, mm-hmm. grey and bl- uh, black and grey. People loving it. A couple of them sold. Some. Yeah, they oh, really? sold last week. And then there's the grey polo, which is I've got the only one. So I've uh, I've made yeah, I've the new the Vegas style ones. Yeah. So they'll be up soon. Um, yeah. So other than that, merch and everything. That's that's what's coming. Wicked. So yeah, that's that's good on the horizon, but pretty much up to leading up to DC. Nice. But other than that, well, I don't think I've. Uh, I'm ready for another brew. I'm always ready for another brew. Yeah, man. Yeah. Nice cool. One. All right. Thanks for tuning in. See you next time. It can do something no other kind of lizard can do. It can run continuously for a very long time. And that enables it to become an endurance hunter, chasing down its prey.